everybody. So this is the Hallmark News Podcast, and I'm Rachel, and I'm so excited today to bring you an interview with another Hallmark writer. Uh, we love talking to, to writers, and we are talking to Marcy Holland, and this is going to be so much fun. So thanks so much, Marcy, for coming on and talking with us. Hey, Rachel. Uh, it's great to be here. Thanks for, thanks for inviting me. Yeah. So uh, what we like to do is we love to start off our uh, our podcast, just asking you uh, to introduce yourself and to let us know how did you uh, become a writer? What inspired you to to get into writing? Um, well, my name is Marcy Holland. Uh, uh, I'm uh, I've been writing professionally for about six years now, um, and uh, with Hallmark for about one and a half. Um, how I got into writing. Uh, Growing up, I always had like a fairly, I guess, obsessive relationship with film and television. Um, like I had my own subscription to TV Guide at age eight. Uh, and um, it always seemed a little bit like a magic trick uh, that I really wanted to know everything about. So um, it was always like a really important part of my life. Um, I felt like I made a lot of friends through like mutual loves of shows or movies it just became like a really great shorthand I think in like forming connections with people and I didn't think it was something particularly realistic in terms of like a career path uh, so I got my undergrad degree in English and then I graduated and I taught um, fifth grade math and English for a year but I would get home from work and I would write uh, every day just sort of for fun and I got to this point where I was like, you know, I'm going to apply to one film school. And if I get in, I'm going to take it as a sign that like, maybe I should give this a shot, like a legitimate shot. And I did, I applied to uh, Boston university and I got into their uh, film program and, um, and now I'm here on your podcast. So uh, <laughs> that's all, sort of the, the summary. It all cum culminates in this exciting, exactly. exciting moment. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. My my sister uh is a writer. She writes some picture books. Uh and that kind of is similar to what she would do as as a kid. She had all these little notebooks and she was, you know, every uh every day basically kind of writing little poems and little stories and thinking of ideas and uh, and so I I can uh I can kind of relate to it in that way. I uh I I think that's that's really cool. So what, what is your, your process for coming up with ideas and coming up with characters? Like, is it just depend on the project or do you have kind of a, 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 a style that helps you? Um, I think it is probably kind of project dependent. I come on to these projects. Um, so I'm mostly working made for TV. So um, I started on thrillers. Um, and then obviously I've segued into uh, romantic comedy, uh, uh, which is uh, actually has more parallels than you would think. And mm -hmm. um, uh, so, but I come onto these projects in all different stages. So there are projects where I'm on the ground level and I'm working in development with the production company. And so like I'm actively involved in like helping create the pitch and um, the premise and, and taking it to the network. Um, but a lot of these projects I come on as sort of like a gun for hire where there's already a, a pitch. So they have the premise. They have uh, sometimes they'll have a whole outline. Um, sometimes there'll be a whole script. So they just need 
somebody to come on and like either do a punch up on or completely rework um, and rewrite depending on, you know, what stage it's at. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, so sometimes like some of the characters are already there for you and it's like, okay, um, you know, if this person is like, they've already sort of sown the seeds of, you know, what their character arc is going to be. And then you say, okay, like, well, what kind of, like what kind of characteristics can you give this person in the beginning to really help emphasize that arc and like really show growth? Um, I do like, I mean, there are things that I think uh, carry across. Like I think most writers have things that just they're naturally drawn to. Like I really like writing banter. I really like writing fun friendships. Um, uh, I really like, you know, in <laughs> not so much in the Hallmark, although it, sometimes like, it slips in there. I tend to have more of like a dry sarcastic humor. And so there's a little bit of like an edge to some of the stuff um, that, that I write, but uh, yeah, I mean, like in terms of process, it really is just sort of, and I should also mention that like these also are highly, highly collaborative. So, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes the best stuff comes out of conference calls with producers and directors and sometimes the actors and you're bouncing stuff off each other and it's almost as like a writer's room kind of situation so um there really is sort of all different things but I think I do have tendencies like if you um you know watch uh, a lot of the stuff that I do like you could probably pick out some things um that feel like they're like a running theme or like a running like uh, like, oh, they're like, she clearly likes to write that type of character. But um, yeah, it really, it really is kind of like project dependent for sure. Yeah. Some are much more, much more puzzle, puzzling than others. Like there are premises I hear that I immediately know what the movie looks like and the kind of character I want to put in it. And then there are other premises that are much more of sort of le- much more, much trickier that uh, if you really have to work at like how does how does this how does this all fit together like what does this look like um mm-hmm. how do you create a whole story out of this how do you keep this interesting so mm-hmm. so you're you're more taking uh ideas you're more uh, a writer for hire kind of thing uh on a, on a lot of projects as opposed to uh you know writing kind of spec scripts uh kind of type thing and, and then pitching them or do you do both um both, but much, much more writer for hire. So like the, all the, and even when, so I, at this point, I don't write specs anymore. Um, I went out, when I started my career, I went out with specs. I had specs. Um, they sort of got me in the room, uh-huh. but a much more, a much more efficient way um, to sort of yeah. navigate this, um, especially this made for TV uh, arena is, um, you can develop like a pitch and it really only has to be like a page or two. Um, and I have a lot of pre-established mm-hmm. relationships with like producers and people at the network that you could just take them the pitch and say like, is this something that you're interested right. in? And then they'll like send you the steps. Right. So they might be like, Oh, this is kind of an interesting idea. Like get us an outline on it. Like, uh-huh. we'll see if this is something we like. Um, so as opposed to like, you know, spending, a couple weeks uh, writing a, a script that uh-huh. you know people might say like no this is ridiculous well I mean it must be because you have so much content it's really amazing you had nine projects this year alone I think according to yeah that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> uh, it 
um, yeah, I mean, these past few years have have been um, great but exhausting. I mean, like, really is sort of like it feels a little bit like a roller coaster that I just climbed on and have like tried to hold on to. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's but it's like you know, a, you know, Hallmark especially because uh, I the past year and a half I've been really mostly working with them. Uh-huh. Um, you have like a, a good infrastructure to like support, you know, like they, they're so actively involved that it's not like you're sort of like, all right, good luck, you know, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. try to do it. Um, it's again, it's a really collaborative and, um, you know, they're always there uh, to, you know, help you if you run into any roadblocks and, and everything like that. And I don't know, it's just been kind of like a fun, ch- a lot of it is, a, you know, maybe stubbornness on my part where I'm like, hey, like, I'm down for the challenge. Like, let me try. Like, uh, <laughs> let me just, you know, uh, if someone brings me a project and it, and it sort of sparks something, I'm just like, let's run with it. Like, uh-huh. um, so that's really, really cool. I think I am going to slow down eventually. <laughs> it's like a pace that like is a little uh, hard to sustain, but it's yeah. been, I don't know, it's been wow. so far. Yeah. So I'm curious about what you said about there being uh, more in common with the, uh, the um, thrillers versus the rom-coms. Cause you have done, <laughs> we call them the cautionary tales on Lifetime uh, or other yeah. networks. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I'm curious about that. So what do you think that, uh there there are in common with sort of the because i joke that you could take almost any hallmark movie and or or romantic comedy in general and put a different score on and it could be a horror movie <laughs> that's absolutely true i 100 yeah. percent believe that yeah. um a lot of times the premises can be very close but they just go in different directions like i'm working on a project now can't talk too much about it um it's a thriller but i will say that if you pitched me this same premise I could write a romantic comedy with it. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, and it's, it leans heavy. I mean, so one of the things that I really like about romantic comedies and this, and what Hallmark has embraced that I feel like there's a bit of a, a theatrical vacuum uh, is uh, trope heavy um, storytelling. So like, I love tropes. I love accidentally engaged. I love fake boyfriend. I love stuck in an yes. elevator. Like give me any of those all day long. Um, Hallmark leans into those. Uh, and um, and uh, thrillers tend to be trope heavy too. Uh, so uh, that's definitely one similarity. Uh-huh. And, then, and then too, like, so even though I do hop genres quite a bit, I also, you know, you probably noticed on my IMDb, I also have a couple of shark movies. Um, oh, yeah. The board, like, yeah, I tend to bring like similar elements in like, so it, there are a couple of my thrillers that like have a legitimate, like, like love story in them that, is, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that could be in like a dark comedy or a romantic comedy. Uh, my shark movies always have a love story in them and tend to be like much kinder um, than some of the other uh entries in the genre um just because you know I, those are the th- kind of things that i like to tell mm-hmm. um sort of uh how you know maybe like uh, there's like an undercurrent i think of just yeah. i prefer to tell stories about kind people or like you know like people you want to root for uh-huh. um so so yeah so i think if they were too dissimilar i would probably have a lot harder time um maneuvering between them uh-huh. um, but 
and maybe that's sort of like been uh, the most helpful thing is that I can sort of, you know, jump from one to the other because I, I can find sort of like this commonality um, that helps me sort of establish a shorthand to get them done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really interesting because I, I think about a lot with the uh, on how I met your mother. They had a a little thing that they talked about where it was Dobler versus Dahmer. That uh, that so like oh. somebody you know and on Dobler and say anything he does this grand gesture right. and it's really romantic because the people liked like each other you know so it's romantic but if somebody did the same thing and you didn't like them all of a sudden it's super creepy and weird and uh, so that's why there's this very close line between uh i I think of the old movie um bed of roses i don't know if you ever saw that with christian slater like that character is super creepy when you really think about it like he's super stalking he's super weird but because he's the hero we think it's really romantic and we like it (laughs) there i mean there are so many think about oh one i think about a lot is revenge of the nerds which i think is like has some of like the most horrific plot points that you could you know dream up but it's contextualized in this sort of you know a hero story where like you're rooting for these people um absolutely yeah and i think that's sort of the thing too is i'm always uh you know there are elements i think in especially in like a leading man that you definitely want to celebrate and i think that there are ones that maybe come from another um time uh that you maybe want to de-emphasize or like you know, get away from. And so I think that's definitely an example of one of like the persistent doesn't take no for an answer. Like that's not a romantic gesture. <laughs> like that's a harassment. So yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, for it's, sure. it's interesting. I even, I joke, I, uh, on Twitter, I, when I'm live tweeting, I'll, I'll have a, uh, homework or horror, uh, shot, uh, a screenshot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Of uh, adapted books in some of the projects before, uh, particularly Christmas Everlasting just came out. You were a co-writer on that, or uh, and my, I was just wondering uh, what is that experience like in comparison to being your own uh, your own I- idea. Um, well, so Christmas Everlasting was um, a little bit different in that. Um, so I came on to do rewrites on that. So it was almost mm-hmm. like, um, so a lot of decisions were made before I even got there, right? Like, so when you, when you're adapt, so I've adapted, um, <laughs> it's funny because like the two, th- two books that I've adapted, so I also adapted one, there's a thriller um, that I have a writing credit on called Bad Stepmother, I want to say, mm-hmm. um, that was from a book and uh, that I started on, um, I was the first writer on. And so like a lot of that experience is like, you know, taking the book and finding the cinematic elements and, um, you know, cutting anything extraneous that, that doesn't feel like it's serving, um, the story that you're trying to tell. Um, and, uh, but what you find out very quickly is that, um, sometimes, especially when there's like a network involved or a production company, um, they have sort of different, their priority might not always be, and I don't think it should be uh, like a particularly faithful adaptation. Like they're interested in a movie that 
um, you know, looks like a movie that they would put on their network, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so sometimes you'll run into a book that 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 has that sort of like disconnect already, where you're like, uh, you know, it's a great premise, but the execution doesn't really match the network. Um, so with Bad Stepmother, uh, that was kind of the case where uh, a lot of elements of the book they were just like, that's not really our style. So um, you're sort of you're changing quite a bit. Um, right from the get-go but so with Christmas Everlasting um, a lot of those changes kind of that I mentioned that happened at the very beginning had already occurred by the time I got on the script Um, so like her like she had a new career um, she had uh, there are sort of different um, some different setups uh, in terms of uh, how she meets people and how she interacts and um, uh, ha- the circumstances behind the, uh, if for anyone listening who read it, like how her sister um, had her accident. Um, so there, those were fundamental changes were already sort of in place. But uh, that's when you're adapting a book, that's sort of like the first thing you try to do is, is you try to pare it down uh, and put it in a framework that you feel like will be cinematic. Um, and when you're writing made-for-TV movies, you also um, write them in a very specific way where they you break them into nine acts. And you have, um, so it's like a television script where when you're reading it, like you'll see the act breaks because you're essentially, mm-hmm. you want every act break to have like um, a twist or a reveal or a question um, to bring the audience back. So um, one thing I do too is when I'm reading a book is I look for the big swings in the book because I know that I'll be able to sort of place them in those act breaks um, and sort of utilize them that way. Mm-hmm. But um, so that was kind of like a rambling answer, but no, it's great. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of different things that you do. I, I mean, like I try to be um, as faithful as possible um, when I'm breaking down like that first attempt like when I'm bringing a towel line um, especially if it's a book that I know like people have a particular fondness for uh, really my goal is to just make it more cinematic and visual Um, so that's sort of like my thinking going in but sometimes I mean once you start getting notes and everything um, then it's like you're really just trying to um, you know address everyone's concerns and and get it into a, a, a place that's you know, shootable, um, and feels like the movie that people want to tell. That's really, really interesting because I, I was a little bit, uh, not disappointed, but I, I was, I think that they, it was a bit of a downgrade for me to turn her from a political consultant into a just bland real estate lawyer, because I don't know, just, there was more passion in her you know really believing in this in this candidate and really you know that wasn't like she was just sort of taking a bland corporate job this was something she actually had passion for she could see why she would you know would leave her hometown and would but i understand they probably just didn't want to touch politics so i get it but you know actually don't so i don't know what went into that decision um because i came on and she was already there but i will say like i feel like everyone's first instinct might be like oh like they like politics is a third rail, like they probably don't want to touch it. But my instinct, if I had to like really guess, is that I've had, so when I was working on Cooking with Love, 
one of like the largest concerns about that script always that I was always getting notes on is that they were worried that her job was like too esoteric and too inside baseball. Like they worry, they were worried that, you know, it, unlike a florist or a lawyer or a baker or, you know, a small business owner or something that, um, most of America has like a shorthand with, right. They understand uh -huh. what that job yeah. is and everything. I feel like there is a little concern, especially with a movie like Christmas Everlasting, where we're not with her on her job, right? Like she's back home. Like, I do wonder if maybe that was part of the thinking of like, oh, interesting. you know, also too, like <laughs> what, what struck me about the book. And again, the book paid much more service to like her job and everything. And like, but mm -hmm. you know, that stuff was going to have to go away. I assume anyway, just because, you know, you have much less real estate to tell the story yeah. is like giving her like a really interesting job. Like the president might put, give her a position and then literally spending no time on it while she's back home also might get a little frustrating. I wonder if oh, so like, yeah. uh, things, I don't know, but I totally understand what you're saying. Like, I feel like, and I feel like, you know, Hallmark's making so many movies that like, they really are kind of branching out into like these different different jobs seeing different worlds I mean they're they're filming at all different places now too. Yeah, like they just true. had in um what was it South Africa the Lacey Schreer one where did they yeah. film that yeah it was yeah so like South Asperger, yeah yeah I feel like they they I feel like they are sort of taking more of those chances and seeing that but that's my first instinct but again yeah. I don't know it was already she was already a lawyer when I came on well the other thing too that I was like you have Dennis Haber who's like the most iconic one of the most iconic actors to play a president in TV history, and you have him. You have a chance for him to play the president. I'm like, oh no, what are they doing? But I mean, that is also true. <laughs> well, I, uh, I will also say that when I was working on it, they also didn't have a cast at all. Yeah, so, I'm um, sure. so, the, the, but I will. But that is funny, like that they eventually cast him, and yeah, that <laughs> that there could have been a president. That yeah. would have been a great choice. Of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine if someone read the book, they'd be like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, that's, that's a funny. Good call. Uh, so, so you have uh you have a couple that are still that haven't been released yeah They're still coming up. One that uh, the time for me to come home for Christmas, also based on a a book. And uh so what can you can you tell us a little bit about what that's going to be and what that what's this, what that uh what that story is a little bit sure well so i will say that that on that script really i just came in for dialogue punch-ups so oh, okay. um i did like a dialogue pass i did i reconfigured their meet cute so um uh but the story is a very cute one yeah. where it's it's um it's very like planes trains and automobiles kind of situation where it's these two people and they uh and he is uh, a famous musician um and she uh works at uh like her family business and it's christmas time and they meet in an airport um, and then they're sort of thrown together trying to both get home for Christmas. Mm. Um, and I love those types of stories. It's really fun to be asked to come on, um, uh, and, and work on it. Um, I think it's going to be very sweet and people are going to like it. That's a, uh, movies and mysteries. Yeah. So it does have an emphasis 
on sort of family. Um, I think that there's supposed to be, don't quote me on this, but I think there's supposed to be like new music in it. Um, or like there's definitely like a yeah. musical element in that. So people can expect music. Because um, it's based uh, on the song written by Blake Shelton uh, right. that his mom wrote the book, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and um, from what I understand, they were very involved um, in in the development um, and and you know production side of the movie. Uh-huh. Um, so I I didn't interact with any of them. Again, I okay. I sort of uh, jumped on and uh, uh, you know did some punch ups and sense. stuff, and then um, but uh, but I am excited for it. It looked like a, it, I think it's going to be a very sweet uh, mm-hmm. sort of feel good. Mm-hmm yeah movie yeah so you also have entertaining christmas coming up and uh was this uh you're the the soul writer on this one uh and so uh, can you tell us a little bit about that yeah so um this uh this is with the team that did uh very very valentine um that production company and uh and i also did the christmas care with them Mm -hmm. and um they came to me with this uh, premise and what really intrigued me about it is so basically the idea is like what what if your mom was like martha stewart or oprah or the pioneer woman or paula dean or any one of these people whose name is like associated with perfection right like Uh that they make the most beautiful things during the holidays and people sort of aspire to be like them. Uh, Like, what would that be like if you were always trying to like, like figure out where you fit in that and, and sort of being in their shadow, which I thought was kind of an interesting um, story to tell. So it's basically uh, Jodie Sweden who is in it. Um, She, uh, that's her mom. Her mom is, is uh, this sort of, um, uh, maven i guess you would call her like she has books cookbooks she has you know she goes on talk shows everyone buys her christmas bulbs you know it's like she's a big deal yeah and um she is uh she's asked by this a fan a little girl to help throw a christmas party to welcome her father home um he's overseas and he's coming home for christmas and she wants to give him the most perfect christmas possible and she thinks that the the person who can help her um is this woman and um but she is tied up with the charity and so uh she wants her daughter who works for her company and and is going to be sort of the heir apparent to like this to this um big lifestyle brand um to go in her place the only problem is is that um like she's not her mom and like at all um she has a whole different set of skills and she's she's worried that you know she's she is pretending to be something she's not essentially um she's so she's trying to find her own voice and she's trying to sort of navigate this tricky situation where she's back and people think she's just like her mother right somebody who could you know crochet a blanket like on the spot or like you know make the world's most beautiful gingerbread house like blindfolded right um so it's a lot of uh there's a lot of like comedy um in it and then there's obviously a love story and her love interest happens to be a reporter, the local reporter um, who is there, who is who's trying to cover it. Um, and uh, while she's, you know, basically trying not to make 
um, you know, a, a mess of the situation. Disaster, yeah. That's yeah, fun. So it, it, it was really fun. I was really excited when they brought it to me. It seemed like a lot of fun. And actually directed by Robin Dunn. Uh, who has been in the actor who's been in um, some mm -hmm. Hallmark movies, mm -hmm. and uh, you know uh, he's he was super great to work with. Um, had a lot of um, great insight uh, during the sort of the notes process and everything. So I, I'm excited to see it. I think it's going to be fun. I, mm -hmm. When they told me Jodie Sweden was in it, I was really excited. I thought she was like a great choice. Um, yeah, so I hope people like it. It's 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 definitely a much lighter. Like I feel like I've been on all like the bummer like, projects. Like people are like all the like really sad ones. Um, this one is there's really no <laughs> no sad no uh, yeah low points. Um, uh, I mean there's there's talk of family and there's all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. like that. But it's it's a much lighter fare uh, than the than the other two or the other three really. Yeah. I guess. I'm I'm excited. I really liked Jody last year in Finding Santa. I thought she was a lot of fun. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, so you also did Reunited at Christmas uh, this year, and that one was really different. I I, I really enjoyed it, uh, but it it just felt like they were I don't know. It was just very very different. The fact that uh, they you know they already had a relationship. And she was really sort of nervous and uncomfortable about getting uh, engaged and just the whole plot structure and everything was very different from what we typically get with Hallmark. And so I know you, you're a co-writer on that one, I believe. Uh, and I was just curious about that and how that project ended up uh, happening, becoming so different. Yeah. So, yeah. So no, it is very different. Um, that that was kind of a wild project so that so that was Nikki Deloach's um like baby like she brought that pitch to Hallmark and um and uh they were really excited about it um and I was excited when I got the call to come on um because I read it and I was like this is very sweet and I think, and they told me, they, they said they thought of me because it was very family oriented. And that was kind of like what the Christmas cure was. It was <clears throat> uh, the family plot was kind of like almost like a dual A plot, right? With the romance. Um, it was a lot of family stuff. And so uh, the thing is, though, is that her pitch um, was the premise. It was a family who had been doing the holiday shuffle because their parents, you know, were divorced. And they, you know, they've kind of crisscrossed for all these years and their the grandmother dies and invites and invites them all back home. And they um, have this list of things to do. And, and by doing the list, they sort of remember what was special about Christmas. And, and, and it was just really, really sweet. But what the pitch didn't have was a love interest. And so the very first phone call I had on that project, um, was all of us trying to figure out, okay, like, well, what, like, what's the love story we're going to tell? And actually the first thing we landed on, which I think I took to outline was that her love interest was going to be her brother-in-law's brother who was like a tag along to Christmas. Oh, okay. And what we quickly sort of learned. So typically not just in Hallmark movies, but but I, I'll use Hallmark movies as an example because I think mm -hmm. they do this well. 
is the love interest is a large part of the main conflict of the movie, right? So like mm-hmm. if it's a girl and her family's farm is in danger, the love interest is usually like the lawyer like trying to seize the land or something. Or if she or her or if she's like a baker who's like in, trying to make the world's best or like win like the Christmas uh, gingerbread competition, like her love interest is like the rival, you know, gingerbread maker or something. Yeah. And like have a love interest who's just like happens to be there, <laughs> like was not particularly compelling. He just felt like so shoehorned in every time we tried, but there's no, we couldn't think of like the conflict was so family-based that it, like there was no sort of natural place for for the love interest to come in. Like he wasn't going to be like the lawyer to the grandmother's estate again, that like, doesn't put him like, what is their obstacle? It was really, really hard. It was a lot of conversations with the network and with Nikki. We had a lot of them. And I feel like, so the, you know, I don't even really remember who suggested it or how it came out, but I think someone tossed out maybe like, even maybe non-seriously about like, you know, like the most awkward conflict of going home for Christmas is like bringing your boyfriend or like for the first time or something. Yeah. And then we all kind of like paused and we're like, like, could we, like, could they be like already together? Because also if like her whole thing was like her family was divorced and like, like what was her arc going to be? And it seemed like the, the, like what would be connected to that the most would be like a fear of commitment or some, or some kind of, nervousness about that and I think that was again a story that Nikki really started to um immediately spark to and was like yes 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 like this is sort of like I think would be really great to tell and so then that's how we sort of landed on that um but it was really hard it was like probably one of the hardest things that I worked on because because again it didn't it didn't have an obvious structure mm-hmm. um it didn't have obvious stakes it like didn't have sort of like a lot of obvious things but it had mm-hmm. I think what again what everyone appreciated about it was that it had sort of like an honesty and it mm-hmm. had like a sweetness and just a, a real affection for what Christmas tends to feel like for people right when they all get back together with their mm-hmm. family and it's a lot about sort of like nostalgia and um and remembering like it's like one of those things yeah. where you're like oh, it's Christmas, I got to get back together with everyone. And then you're there and you just, you're like, why don't we hang out more? Like, why, why are we like always here um, making gingerbread cookies? Because it's, I think that's something that people can relate to. So. Yeah, um, I think so too. Yeah. It was something with, with that film and Last Vermont Christmas that for me, both of those movies, I I appreciated that they showed the, the dysfunction of family while still sort of functioning and loving each other because a lot of times in holiday films or in other films the the comedy is very very over the top you know as far as the dysfunction you know it's like uh something like the family stone for instance that movie is fine whatever but like the com the dysfunction is very over the top and uh, i i kind of like the fact that in both those movies uh it's they love each other and they but they have it's hard like being in a family is hard and it takes a lot of work and i so i think that a lot of people can relate to that you know they're just you're you're just very different and 
you know, at least in my family, we, we all love each other, but we're all very different. And I don't think that, that any of us would probably choose just out of a pool of people. Oh, that's the person I'm going to be friends with that person. I have so much in common, but, but obviously we are friends and we love each other because we're related to each other and we have history and whatever. And so uh, I think that, uh, that I appreciate those kinds of stories because that's something I can relate to more than the, uh, uh, the, I don't know. I mean, I love a good escapist romance as well, but I, as far as relating to it, I, I, I can't really relate to that kind of experience. Uh, and so I, I'm, I was really glad to see that this year that I think Hallmark uh, took some chances with their Christmas programming. Uh, you, you've got so many movies that why not take a chance on some of them? And I was glad to see that they did. And I think uh, United Christmas was definitely one that they took some chances. So I appreciate that. I mean, yeah, I'm, I, it, it felt like people um, were sort of open to being like, okay, yeah, like, that was a di- like a bit of a different um, vibe, but like, you know, yeah, there's a lot of movies, there's, that's kind of also the nice thing about Hallmark, too, it's like, they, they sort of see this platform, and they go, okay, like, we're gonna tell we're gonna give you the same kind of like nice, warm and cozy feeling. But like, let's, like we have a lot of room to like tell a lot of stories so like let's give it a whirl (laughs) yeah um so i I, yeah so speaking of uh the the escapist romances so very very valentine it's still one of the best of the year for sure for uh we did a uh back in i don't know july or august we did a top five and we had uh two of our friends and so between the four of us, we all had very, very Valentine in our top five from, for, Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when we do our top tens of the whole year, cause that was just half year, I I'm sure it'll, it'll, it will definitely appear. Uh, this was so great. I loved it. It was so sweet and so romantic. And I loved both Damon Runyon and Cameron Matheson as these two different kind of men that, uh, that I thought they were great. And, you know, that's such a, it's such a uh, romantic comedy staple of the be of the best friend, the one that, you know, you've, you've, you've shared everything with kind of taken for granted. Uh, and then it's like, boom, you're actually in love with them. <laughs> but then are you, you realize it's too late and he's already leaving. And I, it's just, it's so, so great. I love it. Well, as I mentioned before, I, I love tropes and yeah. I, that movie was every trope. Like it was like my yeah. trope of Palooza, um, <laughs> which I was really excited about. Um, that movie, actually there's some fun backstory about that movie where um, as I mentioned, that was the production company that also did the Christmas Cure, and um, they contacted me. Um, I want to say I don't remember when it was. Obviously, after the Christ- Christmas Cure, uh-huh. and they said, um, uh, you know, we're, we we want to pitch another Christmas movie, and uh, they sent me this email um, with a couple of like log lines, and at the very end, and like I was like, oh, okay, like none of them really, I felt like they resonated, but at the very end of the email, they said, oh, and also we have access to this botanical gardens. um, So we'd like to do a movie with like a dance there. And I think I immediately wrote them back and I said, "Um, I want to do a reverse Cinderella. 
I want to do uh, a girl meets a mystery man and he gets swept away and she has to find him. And I think that's where we took Hallmark and th that was sort of what they sparked to. Um, although, so in my first pitch, I imagined it more of like taking place over like that night and then just one day. Um, Cause I also really like movies that, that sort of take place in a single day where mm -hmm. it was yeah. just them, her and Henry running around the city, um, like false, you know, false start to false start, false lead to false lead. Um, uh, and eventually giving up. And I think the network was like, no, <laughs> like we definitely want her to meet him. Uh, like find him and like pursue a relationship with him I think because they were interested in sort of like a Cyrano angle um, but so that movie was supposed to be a Christmas movie it was pitched as a Christmas movie it's called the Christmas Gala and um, I think I wrote the first outline as a Christmas movie and then they said um, actually we want it to be a New Year's movie um, and I was like really <laughs> excited about that because yeah. I had this idea for and I think you'll probably immediately have the same idea which was you know, the countdown to midnight yeah, is like a yeah. perfect, like, yeah, like a Cinderella moment. Um, but so originally, I think in the first pitch, she was a teacher or like a school librarian or something. And they said they wanted her to be a florist. And the more we got into this whole florist thing, the more they were like, this is a Valentine's movie. <laughs> There's like so many flowers in this movie. Like this is just a Valentine's movie. But for Eagle Eye Hallmark fans, might have noticed that last year uh, on the schedule was a movie called that, uh, New Year's Gala uh, that ma magically disappeared um, <laughs> off of the schedule. And that was very, very Valentine's. And I remember having like heart palpitations because they had announced it on their schedule and I hadn't even like gotten out of outline stage yet. <laughs> like, wait a second. Um, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, it was very scary, but they changed it to a Valentine's movie. Um, I think it does work really nicely as a Valentine's movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, even though I had to lose, like, uh, my countdown scene, um, uh, there were a lot of things I got to do because it was Valentine's that, that were, that was really fun. Yeah. Um, so... Well, I yeah, love, yeah, I loved, I loved the scene, the whole, the whole scene at the party was amazing. So, so good. And I also loved the ending. Speaking of tropes, you know, the whole catch you at the airport at the last minute was done so well. Yeah. I loved that. And I don't know, just Henry was just such a sweet, great character. Cameron Matheson did such a great job. And he is amazing. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, another another interesting fact. Uh, the first draft. This is, I guess, it's not really this interesting, but um, the first draft there was no proposal, and um, then and then the network was like, I think I even remember how they phrased it. They're like, I want an engagement. Is that crazy? <laughs> I was like, Yeah. No, I think like I was like I think we've earned it. Like you know obviously like some of these movies where like the people just met and you're like you've known each other a week like I don't this doesn't make sense why would they be like proposing or something but this was like they were grown up they had like spent all this time together they were best friends they clearly had a romantic connection I was like like yeah, yeah let's just go full let's just go full romance like really just drive it home so um and obviously, like, in the, they were in the botanical gardens. Like, could you imagine getting proposed to in, like, a beautiful botanical garden? Like, 
it know, was perfect. In the suit and, yeah, I don't know. It was really, there was the right call. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know they've been moving away from having them say they, you know, they love, I love you, kind of, if it's one of those just met kind of situations. But in this case, it was definitely perfect. I loved it. We were all like, oh! (laughs) (laughs) That's the reaction we were going for. Yes, success. And, And I did, I really thought that Damon Runyon was fun as this other you know this mysterious kind of other guy i I liked him too and uh the and i mean and danica she's so great at i think playing the sincere and sweet uh she gets that those sort of emotional moments i think that's her her biggest strength is uh you know when she's just sort of tearing up and you're just like oh no (laughs) she's she's really really good well the, the thing about her too is like the second she's on the screen like you're in her corner yeah. you're just like yeah, oh agree. like yeah. i'm with you like i am 100 percent with you um and uh you know again like her character um you know because she is you know uh you know she has like an advanced math degree or something right like she's like uh like an incredibly accomplished uh, mathematician like i think she was um, excited about the fact that like her character um, you know was a botanist and like you know crossbred these flowers and like there was like a sci- a little bit of a sciencey element to her character oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah so I think that definitely um, appealed to her uh, we got her a text really early usually there's a script and then it goes out and then they find someone but um, they were able to I think that they had um thought of her very early on and it was very exciting she was like one of the very few that I knew who was in the movie while I was writing it and so I did try to like um like you said she is so good at those really sincere moments and like those uh I, tr- I tried to lean into those uh, a lot yeah um yeah well that's really cool it was great it was just a classic romantic comedy I I think uh, if you like, not even just for Hallmark fans. I think anybody who likes romantic comedies would like Very Very Valentine. It's so fun. So uh, put so, that on the poster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we like to end our interviews with some silly questions, and we have a holiday edition that you get to be a part of. <laughs> and then, all right. Uh, so, all right, let's do. So it's fun. So. What is your favorite holiday drink? Eggnog, but I can't drink it straight. I have to drink it like halved with milk. Yeah. It's just too strong. Yeah. Um, but I do like eggnog and with cinnamon on top for sure. Mm, yeah. Uh, that's how I do too. I dilute it a little bit. It's, it is pretty yeah, strong. I don't, oh, it's just too much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. What is your favorite holiday cookie or treat? Whoopie pies. Is that is that technically holiday? My aunt makes them for the holidays, so I associate them with the holidays. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the world does, but for me, it's, it's a whoopie pie. <laughs> yeah. Yum. Just the just the traditional uh, chocolate variety. I guess if it's a if if it's Christmas, like maybe throw some like peppermint in there. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah like you know uh, red velvet yeah. i don't know but yeah. whoopie pie is 
like one of the most perfect desserts. So yeah. it's delicious. All right. What is your favorite Christmas carol or song? Oh, I mean, does everyone just say Mariah? Um, uh, we do get a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a great okay, answer. So like, with that, no, with that, well, like, I will acknowledge that um, uh, in its rightful place is number one. But to go out of the box a little bit, I think my favorite that I have to kind of crank up when it's on is uh, Marshmallow World. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, particularly the, the, uh, the Darlene Love version. Uh-huh. Um, although Gravel Pit has a great cover of it, too. But that is a really fun song that is yeah. not to be underestimated. Yeah. I think that's a great song. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. I like the Christian Chenoweth has a fun. I love her. her. She has a really good holiday album, but she has a version of that song on her album. So. Oh my gosh. I can only imagine hers would be amazing. Yeah, it's so I'm going to put that on my iPad. Yes. So. Really good. Um, all right. Uh, what is your favorite Christmas movie? It doesn't have to be Hallmark. Any, any <sighs> okay. Um, made for TV, A Diva Christmas Carol. Uh, so hands good. Down, we love it. One hundred percent. I love that movie so much. Um, uh, and then along that theme, I think theatrical, my favorite Christmas movie would have to be Scrooged, um, uh-huh. or yeah. maybe Bill While You're Sleeping. Yeah. yeah, those are good. Really good. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I love While You Were Sleeping so much. It's it's bonkers, it's but I love of, it. Oh, it's one of the most perfect romantic comedies. Right. I say I think my top four are probably um, while you're sleeping, the cutting edge, oh. uh, uh, romancing the stone, and oh. Ghost. I think the four most perfect romance movies. Those are those are some undeniably some of the best. I yeah I love uh, so many scenes in while you're sleeping. I love the the dinner scene. It's just one of the best. It's perfect the way that they're just bouncing off each other like that. Like who can relate to that? That has a loud, obnoxious family. You know, <laughs> it's so <laughs> good. <Yeah. laughs> uh, I like be, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I also I just love the scene when he's talking to his dad, and his dad's like you know you have those moments where everybody is happy and everybody is you know whatever and he's just like dad this is not one of those moments (laughs) (laughs) i feel like it's so it's really highly quotable yeah Um, it it is for sure (laughs) yeah if you fit into my jeans i'll kill myself anyway so uh, very good okay uh what is your favorite holiday tradition putting up the tree or just something you um so a couple days before christmas every christmas my friends and i get together and we do a yankee swap Mm -hmm. um and the emphasis is sort of randomness like the idea is to give like a comically random gift so like two years ago for example i brought my gift was a scented candle and an autographed picture of lisa kudrow just for like no reason at all like I got off eBay (laughs) it's just to like try just try to like out random each other Uh so you walk away with like a really bizarre gift and like it's just a a chance to make everyone laugh um so that's probably one of my favorites that's That's not like family oriented or whatnot 
Yeah. I do yeah. love a Christmas well we because we've been wondering there's been two different cases of of white elephant gifts parties whatever so far and countdown to christmas and i feel like they don't understand at hallmark what white elephant gift is i'm like well none of those have been mine yeah yeah no no that's exactly right and i'm like you're doing a yankee swap at best you're not doing a white elephant gift here because they're supposed to be funny exactly like i mean and people take them, you know, very seriously yeah. as they oh, yeah. should, because it's it's a fun <laughs> tradition. It's like, a, and if you don't do it right, I feel like it diminishes the fun, right? Like yeah. you got to do it right to make, because otherwise it's just like then just do a secret Santa and get somebody like a set of yeah. owls or something. Yeah. Like, no, you got to do it right because that's like the fun of it. Because it really yeah. is. It does embrace that kind of Christmas spirit that like it's not what you get. It's like like giving and being with people, and like, you know that's what it's about not like yeah. you know nobody walks away from one of those with something that is like their most cherished you know right possession yeah yeah i yeah. i usually struggle what to get if it's a if it's a white elephant it's easier if it's a yankee swap because then you can you can get something nice and hope that it'll be swapped a lot but with uh with white elephant i usually end up getting those uh those disgusting jelly beans from harry potter oh (laughs) kind of funny i guess that's that's about as creative as i as i i'm kidding but (laughs) i guess you can like put them in like a like a jar yeah and um and not tell someone (laughs) that that they're the uh bamboozled or whatever what they call bean boozled something Um, like that yeah yeah no owl anyway so uh so next question so do you prefer scrooge or the grinch scrooge all right uh clear lights or colored um wow um i mean honestly clear (laughs) like i just like i just feel like they um like maybe just because they like are more atmospheric yeah but but then again like if it's something if it's like somebody's family tree and like their kids are little like put color lights up you know yeah. let the kids have fun mm-hmm. but i don't know aesthetically i'm gonna go with the color yeah. lights. would you consider yourself a good gift wrapper <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> nope 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 and i've even like resorted to try to use like youtube tutorials and stuff to like <laughs> and it's just I don't know what it is I cannot do it I've accepted I've accepted that um I try to buy a lot of gift bags yeah <laughs> and the boxes with the ribbon you just tie across it um but that's no yeah. I'm not a I'm not and I'm really envious of the people who can that's the other thing I'm like really like I find like it boggles my mind when someone gives me like a beautifully wrapped gift i'm just like what is this sorcery how did you do this like why does your paper do things that my paper like cannot do um but so i have a lot of respect for people if someone gives me a beautifully wrapped gift i don't even care what's inside like i'm just truly honored you're like wow i don't want to open it it's so pretty that's funny yeah i if i really focus i can do a good job but i i typically just I, I have a big bag of bows and I just 
so I'll wrap it and then just stick a bow on it. <laughs> <It'd be good. laughs> yeah, but, yeah the, the the gift bags are, are a good way to go. Uh, <laughs> it's easier all around. And then exactly. they exactly and people are just gonna tear into it anyway. They're just gonna like, throw it all. Yeah. Throw it all around. Yeah. So all right, last question. Do you have an ugly sweater? What is your ugliest Christmas sweater? Um, okay, so I don't have the sweater, but I have a couple of those t-shirts that are like printed to look like the yeah. ugly Christmas sweater. One of them is the Golden Girls and it has like pictures of their faces and then cheesecake and like palm trees. And one of them is a Die Hard and it has machine guns <laughs> and oh ho ho. That's um, funny. And, and so I usually will rotate those um to Christmas uh events and um they're always you know people are, the first thing people see is like like why does your Christmas shirt have a machine gun on it? And it's like, well because it's it's a die hard um which is a Christmas movie. And yes. uh but yeah, I love those things. They're <laughs> super fun. And like there are websites that you that just have like any anything you even remotely like, they'll probably have a Christmas sweater version of it. Yeah. Um so I think they're a lot of fun in general, but I want to get like a legit, legit sweater. Um, so I'm always on the lookout for something uh -huh. truly garish. <laughs> I think those are fun. Yeah. Yeah. They had um the, on the, um I was watching the uh, new Melissa Joan Hart uh, Christmas movie on Lifetime last night. Last night. And they yeah. had, what? Yeah. Last night. That, I thought that was so funny. It was movie. so I'm like I really really if you ask me like what is one kind of Christmas movie you would really love to work on I really want to work on something that has like a magical element yeah yeah uh, a magical travel I just think that there's like so much fun and opportunity to be had but anyway there there was a scene in that movie where they were wearing like a conjoined like Christmas sweater where it was like sewn did you see that part it was like yeah. in a montage but it was like so and I was like that's almost a Christmas movie premise like in itself like <laughs> there's two people stuck together with like a Christmas sweater a stone in the middle um, yeah yeah like, oh I love those kind of movies those stories like last year there was one called snowmance that was so fun we loved it on ION and then yeah this year there's been two kind of magical ones there's the the uh very nutty christmas and then also there was one called christmas perfection that was the best about a, a girl who dreams of this perfect christmas and then uh, she has this irish village and she wakes up after it all going to mess uh, and being terrible she wakes up inside her irish village and uh, in having the perfect christmas every day where she can eat as much as she wants she can uh she can you know it's it's just it's perfect but of course like after having that a couple of days you know you get, it gets a little old it was so funny i loved it so yeah definitely more magic because we haven't gotten that much from hallmark as far as magic and we love I it know. The, the thing is too is like the beauty of a Christmas movie is you don't even really have to explain the magic. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, it's not like a situation. It's not like a big like Zoltar situation where like you have to give like this convoluted reason why, although I love that movie. I don't think it's convoluted, but you have to give <laughs> this reason like why it's happening. Right. But yeah. you don't really it's a Christmas movie. You just, it's Christmas magic. Like people are willing to sort of accept why something's happening. Um, yeah. Like you have this chance to really open it up. 
um, yeah, I mean, like any one of those ones where like, even if someone, even if it's not straight up magic, if someone like those ones where like people, someone falls and like hits their head and then they're like yeah. in a dream world or in a, anything like that, I think constitutes those type of movies. Yeah. And they're always Love so it. much fun. Yeah. You get to do all kinds of callbacks and stuff between the real world and like the fantasy world and like just a lot more sort of comedy because everything's heightened already yeah. with like the magic element that you can yeah. be a little, like lean a little bit more into like comedic stuff. Yeah, um, for sure. That that's uh, I'm on the hunt. Like, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, really like yeah, hopefully next year I'll yeah I'll be chatting with you. We'll be talking about like my very magical Christmas star. You know, yes. yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be so good. Oh, good. Well, we're excited. You are amazing. I can't even believe how how much you have accomplished and. I'm just excited to see what's coming up for 2019. It's going to be going to be fun. I'm sure you have a lot of uh, irons in the fire. <laughs> well, I'm working on a Christmas movie now. Uh, uh -huh. I can't, I can't divulge much more, but I sure. will say it is Christmas. Um, so I definitely will have at least one. Um, hopefully. Oh my gosh. Like, wait, maybe. Let's not uh -huh. jinx anything. I'm in, I'm yeah. in the, I'm in the, I'm in the <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm really excited to like the cool thing about Hallmark, which I'm sure I think a lot of people appreciate, um, is that they, you know, they br essentially break their year into like these sort of seasonal events. So there's like all kinds of different like worlds you can play in. Right. So I'd love to do, um, you know, some other, uh, you know, a, a wedding movie or, a you know, a yeah. fall harvest or something like that I think that would be a lot of fun too but um for sure you know Christmas is like a really I mean there's really no downside to writing a Christmas movie it's just like you get to revel in like all yeah. all of the like most wonderful things about humanity right um and uh and have some fun and romance while you're doing it so um it's definitely a space I, I like being in so That's yeah it's really really cool well, do you have a social media that you'd like to share or ways people can follow you? Yeah, so I'm not great with social media. Um, I, I do have a Twitter. It's at Holland Notes, um, H-O-L-L-A-N-D-N-O-T-E-S. Um, I do respond if people tweet at me like or message me. I try to be like really available. I just don't like actively tweet um, right. in general. But, you know, the good thing about Twitter when someone tweets at you is you get like an alert in your email and then you could just jump over and say like hello um so like if you're watching a movie that I've done or have a question or anything um like I try to get back to everybody um so you know even if I'm not specifically on or you can't see me uh tweeting or, or anything like that um and that's really the only one uh I mean uh I've yeah, that's really, I think that's it. Great. <laughs> you can get, you reach me on Twitter. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, I'd Great. love to hear from people. Yeah. Well, I'll have yeah. that in the, in the description section, people can follow you and, uh, thanks so much for coming and talking with us. This was really fun. I really enjoyed getting to hear about, uh, your experiences and your writing and, uh, just thanks so much for all your hard work and uh, to entertain us and to, provide these stories that we that we enjoy so really appreciate it well again thanks for having me and i hope we can do it again and yes. we'll be chatting about uh entertaining christmas or uh 
something down the pipeline who knows yes but, or you can have me on to talk about something that is not mine because i do love talking about random movies oh yeah um so uh but i you know thanks for having me i i hope everyone has a really great holiday um and uh you know enjoy we some eggnog. yeah we definitely will for sure and uh, so yeah merry christmas and uh we'll definitely talk again soon all right thanks okay, bye <laughs> really like to thank Marcy. That was so much fun. I loved talking with her and look forward to entertaining Christmas that's coming up this week and uh, her other projects. So let us know what you thought of Very, Very Valentine. Some of these other projects we talked about and uh, thanks again and uh, make sure you're following us on Hallmarkies Pod all of our social media and if you can put in your reviews on iTunes, we really appreciate it. It really helps us out. And give us a thumbs up if you're listening on YouTube. And uh, thanks again. You can follow me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. So check that out. And um, we'll talk to you all later. Bye. Merry Christmas.